Welcome to the Flipping Real Estate Like the Pros podcast. Here you'll learn everything you need to know to be a successful real estate entrepreneur and achieve the financial freedom you've always wanted. We talk with real experts about their experiences, their accomplishments, and more importantly, how you can learn from their mistakes so you can jumpstart your business and fortify your strategic alliances. There's no BS, no fluff, zero guru talk, just real real estate knowledge. Let's get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Greg here again. And today I have with me a different type of guest than I normally have on our podcast. Today I have Damien Lupo on the show today, guys. And what's cool about Damien is Damien has is one of those guys that's been there, done that. And what he talks, he's going to talk to you guys a lot about today on the podcast is reinventing yourself. And I uh, basically finished with his book. It is a phenomenal read. I'm, I'm really glad that we've got Damien on the show today because he sent me his book. I got a chance to read a majority of it. And I, I'll probably finish the rest of it tonight at the time of the recording of this, this podcast. So I'm really looking forward to he- hearing what Damien has to say. Damien, welcome to our show. Greg, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited that you dove into the book. I think it's, it's scary to me that most people, especially in the United States, there's like the average person doesn't read a book after high school. And that just crazy. makes me crazy. It's like, why would you do that? It's the same as being illiterate. You might as well just be illiterate if you're not going to read. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. So on that topic, I am a big book guy. So... Um, are you currently reading anything right now, Damien, that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I read two to three books a week and I have, I've been doing this for years. And so some of the books that I, right, right now I'm rereading Tax-Free Wealth. It's a Tom Wheelwright book that is on Robert Kiyosaki's program. He's a, oh, okay. a And I read a lot of Steve Siebold stuff and I read his stuff over and over. One of his, his current book is Secret Self-Made Millionaires Teach Their Kids. And if you want to disrupt your ideas around money and wealth, that would be a great place to go because Steve just doesn't pull punches. He's he has written how the rich think. Uh, it's it's about the world class and and how what they really how they operate, which is totally different from what you think, what you see on on TMZ or what your parents said or any of this stuff. So I'm reading those type of things and I'm I'm really studying Jordan Peterson, who has the twelve the, the twelve rules for life, and and Ray Dalio, which is about principles. Yeah, so I those, love, love reading Ray Dalio. Oh yeah, I mean these. These guys are really willing to be open and give us a, a depth of philosophy and understanding that I don't think is really present in most of the books that are out there. I think a lot of books are just regurgitation of, of stuff with a shiny new cover. Yeah, you're right about that. And that's why you know I see a lot of people talk, like boasting, oh, I've read 50 books this year, or 100 books this year, or whatever. But I've read a lot of books since, since high school. And, and more, more so, I didn't really start getting into reading books myself until I got into real estate. And because I realized it was all about mindset, which we're definitely going to be talking a lot about mindset today on the, on the podcast. But like, I got hooked up with a lot of bad information from reading a lot of books every year. Now you said you read two to three a week, but what I personally like to do is I like to find a couple of good books and read them until I've exhausted all of the good ideas out of them because knowledge is not always power. Applied knowledge is power. And so that's where I come from. And at least in my respect, I like to, to really just get every ounce of of good information out of a book before I put it down and go on to the next one. That's probably one of the most powerful things people can pick up from this show. And maybe the entire time they're listening to you and your program is the executed version of a book. When you go into a book and you're, and you're studying something or a seminar, like I'm going to be um, tomorrow, I'm flying out to Florida to teach. And what I see at, at a lot of these seminars is people will go there and they go, I've got power, I've got tools. And I go, no, you just have a bunch of stuff. What you do with it is it's like a spear you know, you can take that thing and you can do a lot of different things with it, or it can, you can mount it on the wall and say, I got a spear. 
So I, it's really doing something with it. If you read one book this year and then you just do what you described, you're going to be better off than somebody that reads 200 books and doesn't actually apply anything. So it, you're right. It doesn't, it's not the volume. It's one of the things that I love is that this whole audible mm-hmm. world where I'm able to, able to listen to books. And I, it's funny to me, I'll listen to books at two and three times speed. And so when I hear a human being in normal <laughs> life, whoa, more coffee, something like I can't stand listening to you right now. I need to speed everything up. But it's, it's a powerful means because I'm an auditory learner and a kinesthetic was so active. I, I can't really engage a book except I, when I talk to somebody and we're actually engaging with the emotion around the lessons in the book. And I think that that's a powerful way to learn where you engage with people, teach people what you've actually read and then figure out together maybe how you can do something with it. And that's the next step beyond just consuming the information. For sure. I'm one of those people that likes to not only listen to the audio book, cause I, I'm a, a big, huge audio f- uh, book fan, but I like to like the first time I read a book, I like to have the actual physical copy along with reading along. And I read along at like one and a half to two times speed. And then if I like, if I'm happy to be like uh, reading it for a second time or listening for a second or third time, and I'll put it on Alexa in the, in the living room or whatever, and I'm doing the dishes or whatever. And my wife goes, how the hell do you understand anything they're saying at that two times speed? I'm like, what do you don't like this test? You don't like the test? And I was like, it, it drives her crazy. So it's just like commonplace for, for, for someone like you and me that reads that kind of that volume, I guess. Yeah. And, there, and there's an intention too. I think a lot of times we're, we're focused and we, we tend to have a lot of passive activities. And, and so there's a difference between reading or listening to a book passively and actively mm-hmm. when you're actively engaged in it and your intention is to be involved versus having it on in the background. It's kind of like the noise of television. Most people are so used to the noise and the flashy pictures and the alerts on the news and everything else. They, they get really numbed out. And so they're really not paying attention to anything unless their amygdala triggers an event where their life's on the line that's when they actually do something like, Oh, I need to like, I, I might die. But the, the truth is if you go into a book and you say, okay, this is going to create a bigger life for me to be in, involved in it. The intention changes your experience and what you actually get out of it. Absolutely. So let's, let's kind of dive into a little bit of your story and your real estate investing career. Cause you, you told me before we got on the show that you're not really doing a whole lot of investing. You're doing more of the lending side. Let's, let's dive through your story, Damien. It's very fascinating. My, my story started when a buddy of mine back in, in 1999 reached out to me. He'd read, we both read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, he, and I was selling insurance. And, and he said, hey, uh, I've got this deal I want to do and I need a partner. And I said, well, what do you need me for? And he said, I need money. And I said, okay, well, I don't really have any money. I mean, I was like 21 or 22 at the time. And I said, but I do have a Visa card. And so he said, great, let's do it. So on December 30th, 1999, I closed on my first house and it was, I, I just used a cash advance on a visa. By the way, I'm not endorsing yes. this idea. It's a little crazy to charge a house. And especially when you have no experience and you don't know what, you, know, you just don't know what you're doing. I did that. I had this house and, and then I just started doing, I kind of went to a seminar here and there and, um, and started doing more and more of the same thing. And five years later, after a million dollars in coaches and mentors and seminars, I had 150 houses and I was closing in on a $20 million portfolio. So it worked because I just kept doing it over and over again. And I didn't really get distracted. I just, I kept taking what you were talking about, the ideas at the seminars and executing on them. I wasn't one of these goofballs that goes to a seminar and says, this is awesome. Sign me up for the next one. So I could have this rush of fun again. It's like I was taking the stuff and, and deploying it and it, it turned into a lot of money. But the problem was it was really just a lot of money and there was no real essence or underlying foundation that was being built or a sense of values that were driving it. It was just more for more sake. And that's the danger I see a lot of people in today 
they're like, oh, I'm making money. I'm doing things and I can do more. And I go, but why? They don't have any answer. And that's the danger that most people go through in the, in the first phase of creating wealth. I agree 100%. And that's one of the biggest things that we, we try to instill into people that, that are either wanted to join our team or they want to learn how to fix and flip or rent houses or become landlords, I should say. I always ask them, you know, why? Why are you spending $50,000 on a course? Or why did you spend $50,000 on a course? Oh, I want to have a better retirement plan set up. Why? And they just, they look at me with that blank face, like they don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, I know that you guys went to those seminars and they talked about your why. You have to be able to learn to express that why. If you're, if you don't have that why, or you can't articulate that why within an instant of someone asking you that question, there's something wrong with what you're doing right now. Right, exactly. And it's, and, and if thinking about that, there's, a, it's a combination of things we don't want. Like we don't want to be homeless. We don't want to starve to death. And there, there's a combination of things that we do want. And so you, but you do have to figure out what those are. They're there, but you just may not be conscious to it. And, and so having more is typically people are doing more because they don't want to, they don't want to be homeless. I mean, they literally are afraid of that. There's a, there's a sense of scarcity, like there's not going to be enough. And so they're pushing themselves, but they don't know what more represents. Like if you have 5 million, all right, do you have enough more so that you're not homeless? Do you, do you, do you need 10 million, a hundred million? Do you need 200,000? Like what income do you need? 60,000 or 6 million? Like, what is that? And, right. and until we get clear on that, like that $60,000 number where most people can, can be good. And then it's a diminishing return for more happiness. If you have more income, most people aren't thinking about that. They just think the more is going to make them happier. And the truth is more creates more problems and more opportunities, but you've got to be clear on why are you doing this? What is it actually doing for you? And what are you doing for other people? Are you just taking money? Because if it's about more money, you can go rob a bank. And that, that's a lot of money, not contributing to anything, but maybe that'll give you that juice. And then you can go to jail for maximum security the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, I hope not. You know, it's funny, you, you, we were touching this. I actually uh, wanted to read my book or read your book, I should say. Uh, with my wife and, and re, you know, read it to her and interact with her. And we didn't even get past the introduction. And I'll tell you why we didn't get past the introduction. And I think you'll probably find this very interesting. Uh, my wife has a W-2 type job. She makes you know, pretty good money. And she goes, before you go any further, we didn't get to chapter one. She goes, I'm not there. I'm, I'm, not where you're, I, I'm okay with where we are. I'm happy where we are. She goes, are you not? And I go, well, no, I'm, I'm really happy where we are. And she goes, well, then we don't probably even need to read this book. And I go, well, I still want to read it because I think it's going to have a lot of really cool stuff. And as the more I read it, the more what she had said to me really sunk in. It was like, we don't need more all the time. We don't need all the extravagance that goes along with life. We need what is what makes you happy and makes you, makes you to the point where you're not always wanting extra, if you will. Is that a good explanation of what... I well, you probably, you probably can understand what I'm talking about here. No, I, I totally get it. Here's, here's the thing. You, you can actually do better, be happier by having more of less. Right. More presence, more simplicity. So you think about that and you're like, okay, more. More right now for most people means more clicking one buy on Amazon or yeah. more house or in more cars or whatever, more wives, more drinking, whatever. The, the truth is there is more happiness in the simple joys of life, more relationship more presence in how you experience life versus chasing the next shiny object because you're a damn drunk squirrel. Like there's a different way of approaching things. So I, if somebody says, I'm happy and I'm good, I say, I think you could probably be more present. I think you could probably go deeper into a relationship. I think you could figure out how to contribute more. And that would create more of an impact on your life and your whole sense of why you're here. 
So it's not about going out and figuring out how to make twice as much money. It's about how to have twice as much impact and contribution. That's the peak life. It's the people, the experiences, the environment, and the contribution. It's not about the significance and security of shiny objects and more stuff, but that's what people are thinking when they think more. Rewire, rethink about it a little bit. It's, it's more of the things that matter. So what really matters? It's not the shiny stuff. It's the deeper stuff. And if you get clear on that, then you say, ah, I'm not done. I'm not good because I can do better. I agree 100%. Like I'm not one of those guys that's ever going to go drive a flashy car or own a huge mansion on the side of a mountain in, uh, off of San Diego um, or, uh, uh, you know, or wherever, or San Francisco, I should say, I guess, off the hills. It's just not going to be my style or my wife's style. Like, it's just not it for us. You know, so what I found fascinating in, in the book was... Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Do you wish you could get advice from a real estate expert that's been there and done that? Or do you want suggestions on how to improve your existing business strategy in real estate investing? Go to gregscoaching.youcanbook.me and book a free coaching call with Greg. You'll have exclusive one-on-one time to go over your business, your needs, and whatever else you need to in order to propel your business to the next level. Again, that's gregscoaching.youcanbook.me to book your free coaching call. going to be my style or my wife's style. Like, it's just not it for us. You know, so what I found fascinating in, in the book was the story of what was the thing that set you over the edge when you got the knock at the door by the IRS. Tell us about that story. I highly recommend never having this experience, by the way. This is a <laughs> bring you down. Um, but so when, when I was going through my meltdown and I lost, I lost this $20 million portfolio and I was upside down 5 million bucks. I was basically hiding from the truth of, of what had happened. And the truth is I created this mess. So I'm sitting there, I'm hiding, trying to pretend it didn't happen and everything is good in my mind. And then I get this knock at the door and it was, it was when I looked through the peephole, I was like, why, why is there a knock on my door? And it's just like the Girl Scouts. I, I don't, nobody knows I live here. And I, I, op- I looked at the door, I didn't open the door. And out, outside there were four armed agents. Like there were, I saw these four people with badges and, and pistols. And I thought, oh man, they're here to get me. The cavalry is here. I didn't know why or who. I had no idea. I just, I saw badges and guns. I figured it was official. So I just did what everybody would probably do. I just hid in the closet for a couple hours. And eventually I went outside and to see if they were still there and they were gone, but there was an envelope on the door and I opened it and I saw IRS and I thought, oh man, I mean, you think, you think it's your, you couldn't do worse or couldn't be worse. And then you get a letter from the IRS. You're like, okay, it's getting worse. And I open, you know, I open it up all the way, and it's it's actually addressed to uh, to Miss Dorman. It was the lady that lived in the house before me. So as much as it wasn't for me, it was for me. The yeah. message was for me, and it, it brought me to my knees, where I was, I was really in tears, realizing how much fear I was living in that I wasn't facing reality. I wasn't facing the truth that, and I just, it was so messy. I didn't have any of this clarity. I just knew I was in a, in a bad place, but it, it took that knock at the door. And we have these different knocks. I call them trigger events where there's an opening for us to acknowledge that, that the universe, whatever you want to call it is trying to get your attention. And we get these all the time. They're, they're nudges. They're either a nudge saying, Hey, you're on the wrong path or Hey, you're on the right path. You can get a, when you, when you're on the right path, things start to feel like flow and you're like, this is so easy. And when you're on the wrong path, sometimes it's a little painful. And if you don't acknowledge those things, eventually you have what happened to me happen, which is you have a 747 land on your head 
and that's yeah. that's painful. So that was that was the trigger event where I just realized this is a mess. And a couple of years later, I really said, "All right, I give. I just need to figure this out." And and that's where I started doing the work. And that's where everything changed when I did the work, not just read another book. I actually did the work. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. That's a perfect transition. So, you know, in the book, it tells it it tells that you did you did the work. How long did it take you? Because here's where the, I want this to really hit home to people that are listening to this podcast, because you, I'm, I'm sure you're going to tell us this, but it wasn't an overnight success where you were able to reinvent yourself, right? It, it took four hours. I read Tim Ferriss's book and it took me four hours. To <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hacked myself into total bliss by Sunday and I started on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, guys, seriously, that's, I, I, I love, I got a lot of value and a lot of fun out of the four hour work week, but the truth is it took me two years of spending time with a therapist in Texas. Every week we asked one question and the, the question is, what is true? And I went deeper and deeper into me. That was the first phase where I went into that. And then I said, okay, I figured out I was a douche before and I don't want to be a douche anymore. So I really changed who I was and how I was operating. So when I went, when I, when I, he fired me as a patient, he said, you're, you're done. You're good. Um, you know, we, we don't need to keep this question is satisfied. Now go do something with it. And when that happened, I went into a space of asking better questions like, okay, what am I going to do to contribute versus consume? And, and it, and I spent the next five years after that building ways to contribute to more people, being authentic about sharing who I was with my martial art, Yokito, and giving that to people and writing more books and finding ways to make people's lives better by empowering them. And, and that was the shift. It was, it was, going beyond myself, going beyond just my own consumption and finding ways to, to impact people versus just saying it's all about me. Because we get taken care of. It's like Zig said, you can have anything in your life if you're willing to help enough people get whatever they need in their life. I, I, I believe that. I just Absolutely. That before. So that it, it, it was not a four-hour event, guys. It was, it was like, you know, it took years. And that's the difference between people that are, have an amazing life have, that we, we look up to and those of us, maybe it's maybe you're listening and you're like, my life's kind of sucks or I want something different. How committed are you? How committed are you in what you're doing? Are you really in or are you just scattered all over the place and trying to find the hack? If you're trying to find the hack, you're never going to get there. It's not a hack. That is not how you get anything done. It's not how you have a life of fulfillment. 100%. You know, that's, that's the reason I wanted you to, to really harp on that is because we live in the microwave society where it's instant gratification. You go to a Tony Robbins type seminar and all of a sudden you're fixed, right? No. There's a ton of freaking work that goes in after that. And another one of my mentors, Darren Hardy, talks about the same thing. We all drift off of the goal. So it's always about finding a way to come back to it. And it's constant, constant improvement. It's not something you can just go to a seminar, learn something for a few hours or a few days, and just all of a sudden you're you're just better. And I I, I or, or you know, we have people that come through our, our classes and our whatever. They come to us on Facebook. I want to learn how to do real estate, but I, I have no money or I have no time or uh they, are, they just aren't willing to put in the actual work. When I tell someone it might take you six months to do a deal, they're like, well, I heard that I could do a deal in just a couple of weeks on some seminar. I'm like, oh my word. Like this is the real world, guys. It's not, it doesn't work that way. They're trying to sell you some big, huge, shiny object, the, the silver bullet, if you will. That's not how the real world works. And so thank you for kind of diving in, especially when it comes, I believe your mental health and getting your mind right is definitely not something that's going to happen overnight. No, it's, it's not, especially when you think about the decades of, of pre-wiring and, and damage, mm-hmm. you've got to unwire and redo. The thing about the time and the money is fascinating to me because 
you and I and Bill Gates all have the same thing. We have 168 hours every week. Nobody yeah. has any advantage in time. And we also have access to never-ending supplies of money. There's $25 trillion sitting in the retirement system right now. Majority of that is able to be tapped into. So no matter how much money you need for whatever you're doing, I promise you, there it's, it's sitting there in front of you. I don't care that you say you have no money because the truth is you just haven't looked to the left or right because there's money everywhere. And when you say you don't have time, I'll tell you what you don't have is values that are focused on something that is in alignment with what you say you want. What I can tell you is that if we look at your calendar and we look at your bank account, what you actually care about is totally different from what you're telling yourself or what you're telling other people because you're spending that time. You're not working 168 hours a week at Jack in the Box. You've got no. dozens of hours that you're squandering and you're not using for anything that's of value. You're just you're basically numbing yourself out. Most of us are in some form or fashion, or we're going through motions. We're not willing to do something different. So we have the same life over and over. It's like freaking Groundhog Day. So what, you know, what are we going to do different? You got to do something different and you got to acknowledge you've got all the time in the world. And you know, it, it, it's just, a, it's a choice. It's truly a choice. Absolutely. So I know we don't have all day. We, I'm sure we could talk about this all day, all night and into many more days going forward. What would you tell uh, the listeners of the, of the show today, Damon, what the, the first step would be uh, to reinventing themselves and getting themselves in the right trajectory, the right path? Well, so this is and what I just alluded to a second ago, telling the truth. Like look at yeah. your calendar and look at your bank statement and, and, and maybe you probably need somebody else to help you look at it. Most people don't do that. Most of you are going to say, I don't want anybody looking at my bank statement. I don't want them looking at my calendar because I'm going to be embarrassed. Because I'm basically, a, you know, I'm just lazy, greedy, impatient, you know, and like all these things show up when we look at our calendars and our bank statement that I'm not willing to not go to Amazon and push buy now. I mean, I, I can tell you, I do that a lot. And it's sometimes it serves me, sometimes it doesn't. But if we have somebody else giving us feedback because we're willing to be vulnerable and show that stuff, we can start changing things if we're held accountable. So the first thing is get honest about what's really you right now. And once you're there, you can say, okay, if I want to have something different a year from now than I have now, where am I heading if I do nothing? And you can kind of figure that out based on look a year back, look today, see what's happened. And if you are going in the right direction, great, keep doing it. If you're not, which you probably aren't, then you're going to have to adjust something. And your bank statement and your calendar can really tell you a lot about what you're valuing and what you're doing. That's the first step, getting true about what's going on and finding somebody that can give you feedback on that stuff. Before you start going and buying books or tools or seminars or have a great idea, you got to figure out what's true. If you're not willing to acknowledge what's true, I mean, really true and not, I've got this great idea and I'm working on it. I've heard people for, that have spent years talking about how they're 90% ready to start. And I go, you're huh? negative 90%. You're heading backwards because you're not willing to be in the honest space of truth. And they don't yeah. get that. But Starting with the truth really gives you a blank slate where you can create a beautiful canvas of, of, of a piece of art that's called your life versus just dragging the legacy weight of your life everywhere you go because you're not willing to own it. And that's the big difference. Awesome. I mean, I, I can't agree with you more, man. That's, it's good stuff. So since we don't have all the time in the world, Damon, tell us a little bit about like how, if this has resonated with the listeners of the show today, how they can kind of get in touch with you or get more information about, about what you can help, how you can help them. You, you, the book that you've been reading that I sent over to you called reinvented life. There's, there's a, a workbook um, with that book. And I, you know, I've got, I've got things I do in the retirement space. That's not really as important as you getting good with you. And so 
what I'm going to suggest is everybody go to reinvention.net and download that workbook. It's, it's a workbook with all the questions inside of Reinvented Life. Because when Chris and I wrote Reinvented Life, we wrote a story about our process of transformation and reinvention and also the questions that we had to ask. And I think a lot of these questions, in fact, I know a lot of these questions are questions that you've never thought about before. And being able to have questions that you answer, this is not a book that you read like a Harry Potter novel, by the way. Like if you're really going to get the most out of it, you got to do the work. And so I'm going to hammer on that over and over. So my, my action step to you is to download that free workbook and, and answer the questions. It's for you. You want to have a different life? You got to ask better questions. So download the, the workbook at reinvention.net, get it, and, and then read Reinvented Life. I mean, that's really going to help you understand whether or not you have the right path. And if you have a path that you want to change, it'll give you some questions to start moving yourself in a different direction. Fantastic, man. Uh, do you have a YouTube channel or anything like that where you have information as well? What we do have is Transformation Nation. It's it's perfect a podcast that's that's going online. Um, and by the time you hear this, it may be online. So just look it up on iTunes and and you'll be able to see what's going on. Very good. Any other things you'd like to talk about, Damien, on the show before we kind of get out of here? I think the one thing that if you're going to take something away, just realize that that we've been programmed to avoid failing and to flopping and to being looking stupid, and we're we, we tend to avoid that because we think that making a mistake makes us a mistake, it makes us a failure. And the reality is, John John Maxwell had a great book, and it was called Failing Forward. So the idea is, fail forward faster if you really want freedom in your life and you want a life by design. Find ways to learn by going through the things that we trip and stub our toes on. That's the key to growth, success, and happiness. Fantastic, man. Well, Damien, I couldn't agree with anything that you said today, anything, any more that I already have. Thank you again for taking time out of your schedule today to come and educate our listeners on everything that, that you talked about today with reinventing your life and getting your mind right. Appreciate the time. Appreciate you guys listening. Thanks, Greg. Awesome, Damien. Thanks again. You've just listened to another Flipping Real Estate Like the Pros podcast. We'd like to thank you for putting your trust in us to be your guide in this exciting venture called real estate investing. If you want us to expand on a topic you heard here today, or you have a new question of your own, head on over to gregscoaching.youcanbook.me for a free 15-minute coaching call, or you can leave your question in our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, head on over to iTunes to review, rate, and subscribe to the show. Be sure to strengthen your own alliance by sharing this podcast. Tune in next week for another expert interview or a great topic Till then, catch you on the flip side, Alliance.